Welcome to the 180th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Christopher John Farley, author of the young adult novel, Game World. Stay tuned for the interview. And just a quick message before we start the show, Jim Kukral from the Author Marketing Institute contacted me and asked if I could tell you about a virtual event they're doing for authors starting on January 26th. And the reason I'm mentioning mentioning this is because I know that a lot of my listeners are uh, writers and authors or aspiring writers. Um, this event is called the Author Marketing Live, and it's an online event for authors. That means you don't have to travel to attend the event. You just log in and you can watch over 15 presentations from some best-selling authors and entrepreneurs. Some of the presenters will include Steve Scott, an author who earns over $60,000 a month with Kindle books, as well as fiction and nonfiction experts like Joel Kamm, Lewis Howes, and Peter Shankman. Also, Mark Coker, the CEO of Smashwords, is presenting as well. So you can check out the agenda and you can get your seat for only $99 to attend the uh, virtual event online. Again, you don't have to travel. This is an online event. Um, and I'm letting you know about this, as I said, because I know that a lot of the listeners are authors. So all you have to do is use the coupon code Jeff during checkout, and you can visit authormarketinglive.com. Against, again, that's authormarketinglive.com, and the coupon code is Jeff. And stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is C.J. Farley, author of the new young adult adventure novel, Game World. C.J., welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. Well, can I have you read the first couple of pages from your novel, Game World? The limo raced down the slick streets as the rain kept falling. Dylan, Eli, and Emma were sitting in the spacious backseat of the car across from Ines. Like an online video that hasn't quite downloaded, Dylan's brain was still buffering after winning the tournament. Your hair is amazing, Emma complimented Ines to break the unsettling silence. And because it really, and because uh, let me start over again. Sorry about that. Okay. The limo raced down the, the, the limo raced down the six streets as the rain kept falling. Dylan, Eli, and Emma were sitting in the spacious backseat of the car across from Ines. Like an online video that hasn't quite downloaded, Dylan's brain was still buffering after winning the tournament. Your hair is amazing, Emma complimented Ines to break the unsettling silence, and because her hair really was amazing. I know, right? Ines stroked the glossy locks that flowed shimmering over the right side of her face. It's easy to maintain. The real hassle is flying my styling staff in every weekend from Dubai. Where's your camera crew, Emma asked. I gave them the evening off. I have important things to do tonight. So when are we going to get our prize, Eli interrupted. Ines looked at Eli like she was noticing a stray thread on a designer dress. So that's your famous blanket. I saw it in your file. It's a snuglet, Eli shot back. I know that. Corp owns the company that makes them, or we did. We may have sold them off. Something about extreme flammability. Nothing you need to worry about unless you smoke in bed, use a toaster oven, or get an extremely high fever. And why do you have a file on me exactly? How interesting, Ines said, clapping. That's exactly what your file said you'd ask. Ines suddenly leaned forward, and the tinted glass divider between the driver's seat and the passenger seat slid down. We're being followed, she informed the driver. Dylan looked out the back window and saw a pair of red lights. Then he realized they weren't coming from the car. 
The motorist behind him was wearing a dark hood that hid his face. But Dylan could see one thing. He had glowing red eyes. Dylan swallowed hard. Who's chasing us? Let me worry about that kitten, Ines soothed. She leaned forward and whispered a series of directions to the driver. Buckle up, Ines commanded the kids. But don't worry. The same thing happened in the 12th season of my show. We were in Venice. We were being chased by gondolas. But the situation was basically the same. The car accelerated and everyone was thrown back in his or her seat. I've had enough of this crap, Eli said. When do we get our cash prize? Adventure is the prize, Ines declared, her black eyes blazing. Corp has files on both of you. You're now the best Zemeca players in the region. If you've seen my show, you know what I live for. It's what we're all about to go on. Three words. Greatest adventure ever. You mean we're going to play Zemeca again? Dylan asked. No, Ines replied. We're, we're going there. For real? Seriously? Eli said. You're seriously serious? I'm beyond serious. You've made it to the 43rd level. Now we're going to the 44th. So you think magic is real? Eli said. I believe Jamaica is a real place. That's why I think we can go there. Don't be a hater. I need you to trust that it's true. Yo, here's what's true. You are a total nut job, Eli said. No offense. I believe, Emma said to Ines. Picasso said, everything you can imagine is real. I just don't know. Dylan muttered. He wondered if Ines knew about his cheat code. Ines was unflustered. By the end of tonight, she said, you will believe. We'll end it there. Right. So why don't we why don't we just roll through these questions again because the, the quality is so much better. And um, so if, if someone listening hasn't heard about Game World yet, how would you describe the novel? Well, Game World is a fantasy adventure novel aimed at kids ages 10 to 14. The older kids and adults can even read it, and some younger kids who are more advanced with their words. Um, and I was inspired by novels like The Hobbit and um, The Chronicles of Narnia and the, uh, the Harry Potter books. I love those books. Um, but the one twist here is that those books all drew on the myths of the old world. And my book draws in the legends of the New World, specifically Jamaica, where I'm from, and it gives it all kind of a social media video game twist. I mean, I love fantasy books, but I thought it was time to really show they can, um, that they can incorporate other myths beyond where they, they usually are rooted in and really give kids a chance to dream in color. That's great. Well, was Game World the first time you had written a young adult novel? You know, Game World is the first novel I've written for young adults. I'd written only books for adults beforehand. You know, I did a biography of Bob Marley. I worked with Scorsese on a, um, a book called The Blues, which is a companion volume to the PBS series um, on, on American Roots music. So I've written a lot of books like that. I did write a book called Aaliyah, More Than a Woman, that was aimed at teens. Um, it was a book written about Aaliyah, the singer who died, um, and it was a nonfiction book. And that was um, a tough one to write because and I, I'd met Aaliyah, I'd interviewed her, I'd met her mother, uh, and her passing was just really, really, really something that really struck me and struck a lot of the teens who read the book, too. Um, but this is the first time with Game World that I've actually written a, a fictional um, book, a, a novel, aimed specifically at young people. Sure. Well, well, do you remember, was there a specific trigger or idea that, that kind of led you to, to thinking about and writing Game World? Well, there are a lot of triggers. I mean, um, 
I read a lot of fantasy books. You know, I see movies like The Hobbit as soon as they come out or even before they come out, they have press screenings. And one thing that's always sort of disturbed me when I go to a lot of these fantasy movies and read these fantasy books is, you know, there are not a whole lot of people of color usually in these in these movies or in these books. In fact, there's a, a survey that just came out from the Cooperative Children's Book Center that found that just 2.9% of kids' books feature um, black protagonists. Um, and only 2% of them were actually written by black authors. And the numbers have been stagnant since 1985. And they're even worse for Asians, for Latinos, um, for Pacific Islanders, um, for Native Americans. And it always disturbed me. I always thought, well, geez, um, and I love fantasy. I love these books. And, but um, it's weird that these authors seem to almost be fantasizing that we're not there and their dreams you know, were not present. And then I go into my, my kids' classrooms, and there are all kinds of kids there, and all kinds of phases, and all kinds of, of backgrounds. And I thought, well, shouldn't fantasy novels be like that, too? I mean, shouldn't we have all kinds of stories and representations in fantasy novels? And would that make for a whole ri- a richer tapestry? So it's those kinds of things that sort of drove me to, to, to write Game World. But, but most of all, because I had a great story. I mean, it just occurred to me one day, wouldn't it be interesting if you could actually enter our video game for real. Wouldn't that be cool for kids? And that story kind of drove me for a while. And finally I thought, I got to write this. I got to write this story. It took me seven years to do it, to do it right. But um, sure. it was worth it when I finally finished it. That, that's great. And, and, and you mentioned this whole idea of um, you know, the, the, the absence of people of color from science fiction and fantasy. I mean, obviously there are, you know, outliers or, uh, you know, such as Stephen Barnes or, or, um, um, Octavia Butler. But do you think, I mean, given what you said about, um, you know, your, your child's classroom. And also if you just look at the demographics of the U S I mean, do you think that it will change anytime soon or, or do you hope that, you know, um, your, you know, game world will kind of lead the way? Well, here's the thing, you know, it's not just an absence from the world of fantasy. Um, it's like an absence in general, from kids' books. And it's so weird to me because, you know, we, we, we live in an incredibly competitive global marketplace where we really have to be able to understand folks from other cultures, understand folks that live in our cities, in order to sort of create businesses and create um, uh, um, uh, alliances that are going to make the country be able to be, compete with, with other countries in the, in the 21st century. And yet, um, from an early age, we teach kids through these books to only view the world through a, a very narrow perspective. I mean, when only 2.9% of kids' books feature um, black heroes, and the numbers are even worse for Latinos and Asians and Native Americans, something's wrong. Now, I know an argument could be, well, that's who's buying the, buying the books. But I don't think that's right. Um, very recently, I was at, a, at the African American Children's um, Book Fair in Philadelphia. And thousands of people came by them. They cleared out tables and tables of books. And some of the complaints were, geez, we can't find these books in our stores. Where are these books? We can't even, it's hard for us to know that they're online. Um, and it, it's just so great to have a place where we can come and buy these books. And um, I think there's a market out there for these books. And it's not just for African Americans. It's not just for, um, for ethnic minorities. It really is for everybody. Because I think everybody is empowered. Everybody grows when they see the world from our perspective. And I still remember years ago, 
um, J.K. Rowling um, came to visit um, a magazine I was working at. I was working at Time Magazine, and she came and had lunch with us. This was before Harry Potter media, mania took off. I remember hearing her tales of, you know, of being a, and not being rich and trying to get her book published. And I found it very inspiring. I mean, here she was, this author from Europe who was starting to get some traction coming over here, and yet I felt this instant connection to what she was about. And I feel the same thing can be true of any writer. It's all about the writing. It's not about the racial designation. It's not about the culture. It's really about just great writing can cross borders and cross boundaries, just like J.K. Rowling was able to cross the pound and touch us all so early on to her career. And so um, uh, I think any, any, any um, reader, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, is going to benefit from reading books that cross cultures for them and take them to new worlds, whether it's in fantasy or reality. Sure. Sure. I, I agree with that. So um, I wanted to um, ask you, you mentioned before this uh, biography of Bob Marley before the legend and your young adult um, biography of Aaliyah more than a woman. Uh, do you have plans right now to write more uh, musical biographies? Yeah, I definitely will write more musical biographies. You know, I love music. Music is a central thing in my life. I mean, at the Wall Street Journal where I'm an editor, I do a thing called the WSJ Cafe where we bring in artists to actually perform in the Wall Street Journal. And we used to do it right in the cafe because we didn't have any kind of budget. And Annie DeFranco was um, our first performer, and she performed, and she was great, and she's just such a great sport because here she was performing in our cafe, and then we put the whole thing online. Uh, I still remember that we had to cover up the soda machines behind her because they were making too much noise, and they're buzzing, and there's a lot of lights there, but she was just great. And more recently, we've had people like Ed Sheeran and John Legend and Adele, and folks like that just come into the Wall Street Journal and perform. It's just great to sort of hear that kind of music. And uh, I love writing books that sort of tell people the background behind some of the songs and artists that, 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 maybe, that maybe they love. That's great. That's great. Well, well, I know I read an essay that you wrote recently after Kate DiCamillo was named the new national ambassador for young people's literature. I'm curious, do you think that with the rise of social media and digital media and kind of the the short attention spans that that, that causes, do you think that young people uh, aren't reading as much or do you think the reading experience is different for them in some way? Well, I- I just I just don't think that young people aren't reading as much. I know they aren't because we have. I, anecdotally, I see it among some of my my son's friends, and also I see uh, the numbers. I mean, forty nine percent of parents feel that kids don't spend enough time reading for fun, and that's up from thirty six percent in two thousand ten, and thirty three percent of parents say that kids spend too much time playing video games or computer games. So there's real war going on in the hearts and minds of our kids, and it seems like it's books versus video games. But my whole feeling is they don't have to be in opposition. And if you love literature, if you love books, you can think of, you can examine the ways in which videos, game, video games pull on kids and figure out ways to make books inhabit the same kind of space. For example, video games are very social these days. And I love video games. You can, you can play with your friends in, in, um, uh, online across continents. And you know, my son is always playing you know, online games and with kids from school. And, 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 and sometimes they even, they even chat about school while they're playing these video games. The video games become the, the focus of their inter, interaction. We can do the same thing with books. You know, just this summer, my, my, my son had a uh, 
small started a small book club with one of his friends. Just one of his friends is a two-person book club, and they read a couple books. They met, talked about it, and they were excited by it because it, it made it social. It made it fun. It made it not just a in your room alone experience, but then you could you could go on a journey with with somebody else. You know, we also were, uh, had a rule over the summer where um, we turned off all the screens during the week, or and sometimes we turn them all off on a Sunday, and we'd all sit down and read as a family. Everyone would get a book, we'd all sit down and read together. Again, it makes it fun, it makes it social, it makes it interactive, it makes it not just reading a book alone. So uh, I think that books can learn a lot from video games to make sure we keep, we make, make books as interactive and as fun as video games are, and, and, and as alluring as they are for kids. And because it's, it's an important thing because, you know, the thing about video games, and, and again, I love video games, but they hand you images. They, they tell you, here's what this, this fantasy world looks like. And in books, books allow kids to do the hard work of creating the images in their own minds, and that makes them co-authors of whatever it is you're doing. Um, it's one thing to see, uh, you know, what the Shire looks like in, in The Hobbits. Another thing to sort of picture it in your head and imagine those hobbit holes and figure out what it looks like in your own head. And doing that makes you, I think, a better person. Uh, I'm going to come right out and say that. It makes you a smarter person and improves your mind rather than just having those images spoon-fed um, to you through pop media. Oh, that's great. Well, I know Game World has just been published. Have you started writing your next novel yet? Um, I have started to write my next novel. Um, it won't be done for a while. This one tend to take me years, and they almost always nearly kill me. I mean, this one took me, <laughs> Game World took me seven years. And, you know, people laugh when I say they almost killed, they almost killed me, but it, it actually nearly killed me. I mean, it was just such so hard to write, so hard to rewrite, uh, so hard to get it right. I couldn't believe how hard it was to write a kid's book because the thing is with an adult book, adults will give you, you know, uh, 100 pages, 200 pages. They might even finish the whole book before they decide it's garbage. <laughs> but a kid, <laughs> if the book doesn't work for them in that first word, that first sentence, that first page, the first chapter, they'll put it down. they got other things to do. they got Xboxes. they got PS4s to deal with. they got basketball practice. They just will not do it. They will not finish a book if it doesn't grab them at every single page. So it took me a long time to make sure it was entertaining throughout, that it was going to work for kids, because otherwise I knew they'd just put it away. Gotcha. Um, but, but I am still lured in, in, into the world of fantasy. I'm sure I will, I will probably return to the world of Zemeck at some point. Because, you know, I loved, you know, there's so many great fantasy worlds of the past. I mean, Wonderland and Oz and Neverland and um, Middle Earth and you know, Narnia and the, the Game of Thrones world of Westeros and Earthsea and, and Conan, the, Conan the Barbarian's world of Aquilonia and the Hyborian Hi Age. Uh, but in a, most of those places, in fact, all of those places I just named are like, they're, they're, they're decades old. So I feel like it's a good time to try to create a new fantasy world um, that has the concerns of today's kids and yet the, the concerns that I think will be timeless as well. Um, because the kids, you know, they want to have a new place to dream, a new place to explore, and something they can sort of call their own. And uh, it's hard to do that. It's hard to create a fantasy world that can compete with all the other distractions out there. They can compete with James Cameron's Avatar, where they're just building an Avatar land in, in the Animal Kingdom in Disney. I mean, it's hard to compete with all that money and all that media and all that power to just write a book that takes people, transports people someplace. But there's an elegance there, there's a wonder there, and I think it's, it's worth doing. So, so are you are you are thinking, planning, or writing an adult fantasy novel? 
Uh, and I'm I'm not going to write an adult fantasy novel. Okay. Um, I, I I am planning and thinking about the next novel I write for kids. I think it will also have some appeal to adults. Because you know, in the end, you don't write for kids or adults. You just write a novel you think sure. is fun and interesting, and that you would want to read. I know that when J.R. Tolkien wrote. The Hobbit, and when he later wrote the Lord of the Rings, he wasn't thinking this is for kids. He was thinking, you know, this is something I wanna, I wanna read, and that kids will probably pick up on. Yeah. I know that C.S. Lewis once had a quote saying something like, you know, any um, novel that's sort of interesting for kids and isn't also interesting for adult, for adults, you know, probably isn't, isn't worthwhile. I've totally mangled that quote, and he said it much more eloquently. But you can sort of get the spirit of it. That you're really writing to tell a story, to communicate what's in your head, to take people to some sort of new world. And probably kids will go there first if it's fantasy. Maybe adults might follow them. But it should be something that's sort of fun for the whole family in the end. Very few things are fun for the whole family. But fantasy books, the best of them, Middle Earth, Narnia, Earthsea, um, I hope my book, they really are. They're kind of the last thing that's sort of fun for the whole family. Sure. Sure. So, so what books or writers have you read in the last year or so that made an impact on you that you would recommend or mention, either fiction or nonfiction? Um, uh, authors that I've read that really had impact in the last um, in the last year or so. Now, I've been it's weird. I've been going back and rereading poetry because um, I, I love poetry. I, I often read it in my college classrooms, even though I, I teach a. Uh, um, uh, a class on feature writing, and um, and uh, and I, I um, I uh, I still um, look to poetry to inspire kids, and so um, I, I've been rereading uh, uh, Derek Walcott's collected poems. I've been reading reading some some real kind of letters to a young poet because looking for ways to express to people because um, I get asked by kids all the time, you know, uh, why do you write? Uh, I want to be a writer. And so I, I give them some ideas from that. Um, my son recently read the, the book, The Outsiders. And so I reread that um, just so I could sort of be on the same page with him. And, was, and I'd read it before when I was a kid. Um, the book Wonder, um, it's a book that my son read and I really enjoyed reading. Um, and so I reread that um, again with him. It's, it's, it's a newer book. Uh, it's, it's a bestseller. But it's one of those books that also appeals to um, to kids and to adults. Um, yeah, my, my son just read that. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's, it's one of those books. One is one of those books where everyone says, you know, I just read that, or I'm, I'm about to buy that. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that authors must be doing very well um, yeah, uh, so. for themselves, where um, because everybody seems to be um, recommending it and passing it on or saying that next next on my list too. Gotcha. Um, so, so what what uh, advice what advice would you have for aspiring writers? You just mentioned teaching writing. Um, you know, writers who might want to have their own novels published. What advice would you offer? Um, I'd advise this. Number one, read. If you want to be a writer, you have to be a reader too. You have to read a lot of books. You have to read widely um, uh, uh, because the more you the more you read, the more you sort of uh, will get inspired to read. Uh, um, inspired, you'll see words that maybe you, you want to put in your own writing. Uh, not whole sentences, but just individual words. Maybe that's a great word. I think I'll tell, come up with my own sentence for that word. Um, you know, you'll you'll get you'll, you'll see new rhythms in people's writings. But reading widely. Is a, is a key to becoming a writer. Also, you know, joining groups of other writers. You know, whether it's um, uh, a class in school where you're um, where you're um, 
uh, all learning creative writing, um, whether it's uh, a newspaper or a magazine. Back in college, I was um, an editor of the Harvard Lampoon, and I learned a lot about humor and a lot about writing, um, a lot about partying, unfortunately, um, from being in the Harvard Lampoon. And the illustrator for my book, Young Jin Im, um, he was the art director of the Harvard Lampoon. So we were friends and roommates in college, and we, we reunited and worked on this book together. That's great. So where can people find you online if they're interested in your work and, and want to learn more about Game World? Um, they can find me at CJ Farley um, uh, on Twitter. Um, they can also follow me, find me at WSJ.com slash speakeasy, the entertainment website that I, I run for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, those are sort of the best places to look for me at CJ Farley on Twitter and um, uh, WSJ.com slash speakeasy. Great. Well, um, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, I, 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 I hate to come back to this question. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other, because there's some other great books that I read very recently that, um, that are worth communicating. I mean, I, obviously, I like the Hunger oh, no, Games. That's, fine. that's people, fine. Sorry if I interrupted uh, you. Now, what were the other books? Because there's some other books on the tip of my tongue and that I know I want to recommend. Um, uh, uh, I always recommend Persepolis um, by Marjane Sotropi. Um, she's a great, um, a great writer, um, well worth reading, um, and her art is just terrific. Um, I loved the, um, the, the Amulet series, um, a, a great graphic novel, another great graphic novel that's worth, that's worth checking out. Um, uh, I know there's some other, other kids' books that are, those are the ones that come, to, that come off the top of my head that are, that, that are great. There are many more out there, but, those, but between Wonder and, um, and the Amulet series and Persepolis, um, those are all worth reading. That's great. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with C.J. Farley, author of the new young adult adventure novel, Game World. So if you have a young reader in your life, grab a copy now. It's in bookstores. And C.J., thanks for doing this interview. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save 